everybody. Welcome to Just Sold with Brent McIntosh of the McIntosh Group at Remax River City. My name is Bryn Griffiths, and look who's joining us all bright and cheery-eyed. It's Bryn McIntosh. How you doing? I'm well. How are you, Bryn? Fine, thank you. Hey, we've got a special guest joining us on this one. We do. These are always my favorite podcasts when we have somebody special joining us. And today we've got somebody all the way from the Vancouver area, Sharon Mason, who's written a book. Uh, Sharon is a realtor from Home Life Benchmark Titus Realty in Surrey, British Columbia. Sharon, how are you? I'm really great. And and how are you, my dear? Oh, well, uh, we're fine here. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us because um, you wrote a book and and during the pandemic, when most people were just sitting around binging TV shows, you sat down and you wrote a real estate book. Well, actually, <clears throat> actually, I was really quite busy during dur- during the even the lockdown part. I had listings that needed to get sold. And so I became like the COVID police for for the for the real estate market. And uh, everybody had masks and gloves and sanitizer and don't touch anything or I'll break your finger, you know, like that. (laughs) (laughs) And so we managed to uh, get uh, quite a bit of business done. And some of our clients were also immune compromised. So after showings, we were going around with spray cans of Lysol and, you know, spraying everything. But my actually... writing this book, something that's really surprised a lot of people is it actually only took took me six weeks to write the manuscript. Um, it's, I've sat down about uh, about eight, about 18 months ago, at the beginning of February last year, uh, a, a, a year ago, and, um, and I just thought, okay, it's time to do this. And um, I just started writing like a couple of hours a day. And it took me six weeks to, to write the rough manuscript. Um, you know, um, for years and years during my real estate career, because I got my license in 1984, my clients and my friends and my family have been telling me for decades, you have to write a book. And so finally, just before I started the book, a long, long time client of mine since 1984, she became my client. She said to me one day, Sharon, when are you going to write that book? Because I'm always telling her all these stories that happened to me. And when are you, when are you going to write that book? So... I thought, you know what, at my age, I better hurry up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just went, I just went ahead and did it. And um, that's how that happened. I, I got to go back to 1991 and Brenda laugh at this one because I had a chance to interview Larry King back oh. in 91. And I was fascinated. And of course, in major awe of a guy who was a tremendous interviewer. And I said, you get, you have a lot of authors on there. What's the, what's the, Easiest or the tough question you've ever thrown out? And he says, it's real simple. It's three words. Why the book? And then <laughs> authors take it from there. But you kind yeah. of started to already address that. You waited a while to do it. But what was the number one reason? Was it simply because you were being pressured a little bit by by pals? Well, uh, there's a little story to that, too. Um, the first thing I did was, uh, you know, I watched some of these webinars on, t- on, on online for the important things to know if you're thinking of writing a book. You know, there's all this free information out there. Of course, they all are hoping that you'll sign up with them to do it. Um, but I I knew a lady who runs a company called Influence Publishing, and they become publishing partners with someone like myself. I mean, no big publisher is going to talk to me. Like, I'm a nobody. You know, Harper or Dell, they're, they're not interested in me. So I hired um, Influence Publishing to help me produce a professional book 
because the biggest mistake people make is that they write a book and then and then it doesn't come across. They have a great message, but it does, you know, it kind of doesn't get out there because it's not a professional book. And so I hired them to do that. They're fantastic, by the way. And um, when I met with Julie, Julianne mm-hmm. Salisbury is her name. And when I met with her, she said to me, Sharon, you have to realize that you cannot leave the plant because I'm 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 a very much a tribal elder. I want you to know that. I don't lie about my age. I only lie about my height and my weight. But, <laughs> but I am 79 years old. And, um, and, and she said to me, you know, you can't leave the planet and take all this wisdom and knowledge with you. And she said to me, it's part of your legacy, this book. And that's what did it. Because I said, because we all wonder about our legacy, don't we? Like, I don't think there's anybody who gets past the age of 50 who wasn't thinking about their legacy and uh, so I would yep it's my legacy so you will have noticed um you will have noticed Brent that I I brought in some of my family history and about my dad and you know a lot of stuff I wrote in the book was for my nieces and nephews my kids my grandkids my family and um I just think it made it very personal because it is partly a personal memoir as well as an industry guide. We haven't said the name of the book. So for those people, it's called For the Love of Real Estate, Tales from the Trenches. And maybe you can give us um, a, br- a brief synopsis. What is it about? Well, what it's about, it's about how to um, get a jet plane off the ground. <laughs> yeah. The jet plane being the beginning of any business. And I chose real estate because this is the one that I did. I got the jet plane off the ground. And, and I think uh, that that's important that you say that because I think that this book would relate to a lot of other businesses too, not just real estate, but there were some really great stories here that would go into other lines of work besides real estate. Yes. One of the gals who wrote uh, a beautiful testimonial said, said in a, in the book that um, it is that every entrepreneur should read this book. Mm-hmm. Because it really spells out what you have to, to do to yourself to get there. Because it's all about personal development. That's all it is. It's about getting out of your own way. way. You know, my, one of my favorites is people say, well, you know, I'm at war with myself. And somebody says, well, who's winning? <laughs> you know, yeah. like that's the point, right? People talk themselves into and out of so many things just by the... You know, the, like, like I say in the book, there's an angel on this shoulder and a devil on this one. And, you know, yeah. and um, the devil's going, oh, come on, let's just binge watch Netflix. And the other guy, well, you know, I really should do that report for work. Oh, you'll just make excuses. You know, you know, that conversation that we all have in our heads. And um, and so. So, yeah, it, 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 the process is the same. It doesn't matter if you're climbing Mount Everest or becoming a top realtor. Um, you're a second generation realtor as I am. And, um, and I don't think I told you that yesterday when we talked on the phone, but, uh, you didn't start real estate until you were nearly 40. Isn't that correct? Yeah, I was 40. I was 40. Yeah. I, I, when I turned 40, you know, there was an old saying that said life begins at 40. And I thought, hmm, I, I, I think I better get on with some things here because I'm supposed to. So when I was 40, I ran my first marathon and I got my real estate license. So <laughs> That's a big year. Why so long? Why did it take you so long to become a realtor? Why didn't you do it when in your twenties or thirties? Oh, I wasn't interested. I had other. I've had so many different careers along the way. Um, when I was in my twenties, 
I was just finishing university. I studied theater. I'd been in theater all my life. I was at Royal Winnipeg Ballet. I used to be in the ballet. Um, and I've done all kinds of, you know, radio work and commercials and plays and movies and all kinds of stuff. And of course, my son, Jason, has kind of followed that path. You know, my son, Jason Priestley, he's yeah, I was going to say that. But since, yeah, I was going to say I, I was going to say I don't want to name drop, but there was somebody special who wrote the foreword in this book. Wasn't you, you name dropped it. That's good. Yeah. That's great. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm out of the closet as Jason's mother now. Because <laughs> I, I've never I've never told people I'm Jason's mother. And and then they're all mad at me when they find out. And they're like, well, why didn't you tell me? What am I, chopped liver? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and and but you know and they say well i would i would tell everybody and i'd say no you wouldn't yeah you won't because they stop seeing you that's right yeah you know well but he then, wrote a, a really wonderful forward at the beginning of the book of course that um he's very proud of you it, it's it's very evident that he's proud of his mother and how hard she worked uh selling real estate w- while he was young yeah and, and i'm and i'm proud of him too and i'm proud of him because you know he didn't go all hollywood you know, he's still a darn good Canadian boy. And oh, that's great. Better be, right. And he's a good dad and, you know, a good husband. A, you know, he's, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a good guy. Now that, that's what I'm proud of. I'm, 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 I'm very proud of that. So you've been, then, then, then I had a teaching degree. So I was a school teacher, you know, I'm, I've spent my whole life teaching somebody something. I'm just born to teach. That's, I know that. And, and, and it's uh, evident that that you're constantly educating your clients on the best oh, ways to to get yes. that, the most for their house or or what kind of property they should buy, and and those are the kinds of stories that are in the book. Um, you've been doing this for 38 years now. Well, it did take a few years off um, in the in the in the early 2000s when we were able to do that. You know, because of my real estate career, we took some time off and we looked after our two moms when they when they passed away. Oh, okay. So you know, so then I was ready. And I also needed a break from it too, but, but then I was, but still during that time, I still had clients calling me and asking me stuff, you know, so you're yeah. never away. You're never away from it. It's, it's a very difficult job to turn off. Yeah. Um, your memory is absolutely incredible. And I just can't believe how many stories that you were able to recall even early in your career. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, some of those are are very significant in, you know, the points I'm teaching in the book about, um, you know, getting things started and learning the ropes and, you know, getting your nose bloodied a couple of times, you know, and, you know, shedding your skin and growing a a tougher one that allows you to um, have proper boundaries, Yeah, which is really important when you're a realtor. There is a story that I uh, jotted here in my notes, the Dave and Betty story. Oh, and I, yeah. And I think you'll remember that one. And, and um, th- th- there was a very classy um, moment in, in your, your career. And I think defined you probably for the rest of your career, because that was early on, was it not? Yes, yes. It was about three years in. And, and can you share that with us? Oh, yeah, I sure can. Well, um, I was, uh, you know, back in the day, we used to do a lot of door knocking and a lot of cold calling in those days you could get a, a whole directory that had everybody's names addresses, and phone number in the world in it and you could call people up and I was very selective about how I did it um, I you know I called around an area where I had a listing or where I was working already and I would tell people I'm doing some work in your area 
And I just thought you might be interested in what's happening in your neighborhood and uh, wondering if I might be of service to you in any way. So that's how I met Dave when I made one of these calls in the neighborhood. And he said to me, oh, yeah, I yeah, we are going to move. We're you know, we're really thinking about it. Nothing definite yet. Uh, So, yeah. So I said, "Okay, well, um, I can maybe help you along the way. And I offered, you know, to come over and and do a two step listing, which is when you go over and you see the house first and meet the people and do do some measuring and some figuring and then bring back some research to them that shows what what they're going to be able to list for and probably sell for. And uh, I offered to do that. And uh, he said, yeah, that would be very helpful. And so I did that and I went over and I saw them and we decided they decided they would work with me and uh, and I put their place on the market and we got an offer. So little did I know that I had made a mistake and I did have a call from a lovely realtor who called me up one day and said, you know, Sharon, I was looking at your listing and I think you got the lot size wrong. And I said, well, thanks so much for calling. I will, uh, I will check it out. And I did. And I checked it out and I still got it wrong. (laughs) So, you know, so anyway, I just carried on and I was really busy with other people and everything. And then closing day came day of completion. And I had a call from the buyer's lawyer who said to me, they're coming in today to complete the deal. Would you join us, please? Well, that was kind of an odd request. But I said, sure, I'll be there. And when I got there and we were all sitting in the office, I found out that I had indeed been wrong with the lot size. Um, And they still wanted to buy the property, thank goodness, because Dave and Betty were closing two two days hence on something that they'd bought. Uh, So anyway, they didn't make an offer till, till their sale was firm, but so they were safe. But Um, but so what they wanted was they wanted to pay less for the lot for the property, which is right, because especially if you're considering price per square foot with for land, which you can, um, then, you know, they wanted to pay about uh, $7,000 less, but mind you, this was back in the 1980s, right? So, you know, today it would be 70,000 or more (laughs) prices have gone up here where I live for sure. So um, $7,000. So um, so my share of the real estate fee there was about 4000 as the listing agent in those days. And so they, 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 they kept that. And then my clients were $3,000, $3,000 out. Um, and I didn't have $3,000 yet <laughs> to yeah. just give them. So I was like, yikes. I was just like, I just felt terrible. You know, I'd let these lovely people down and I was just crying and, oh, it was a mess. So I got in my car and I drove right over to their house. You know, I, I knew I had to face the music and, and I went in and this time nobody was smiling and we all sat down and I said, here's the deal. Here, I'm going to make it up to you. Uh, for the next um, six months, I'm going to be here on the first of the month, every month with a check for you for $500. Wow. 
I hope that would be okay. <clears throat> and they looked at each other and Betty said, you know, Sharon, our, our friends have all told us that, um, that we just, we're just going to be out $3,000 and that you'd never make it right. But we told them that we knew you would. And it's nice to be right. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> well, you are a very yeah. classy lady. And, and I think the quote in the book was uh, to run towards the problem, not away from it. Not away from it. And, you know, in, year, in years to follow, I helped the, those people do a total of 11 transactions. Wow. After that, they wouldn't even talk to another realtor because they knew that I was in it for them. That you were there and you became their realtor for life. Realtor for life. Yeah. And, and uh, so, you know, that's an exemplary story. And I tell people in the book, no matter what you're doing, like you are going to screw up. Yeah. So get ready <laughs> and, and get ready because this is going to, you're going to build some character that's and, right. and you're going to find out that you can actually survive something that you, when you think about it, you think you can't survive at all. Hey, Sharon, in the book, what's the weirdest story for you? The one that makes you laugh and you go, I can't believe that happened to me. There's got to be, in every book, there's one of those that just kind of stands out. Is there one for you? Yeah, you know, I, I've got I've got a couple of those. And um, and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell, I'll, I'll choose one right now. So um, there was a real estate company that was recruiting, trying to recruit me like crazy many, many years, many, many years ago, trying to recruit me. And uh, I had this listing and a realtor from that particular company came and brought me an offer brought us an offer and we were supposed to meet outside the house you know back in those days the buyer's agent would come in and talk to the seller but no more it's all email and you know we never see anybody so um but he was there but but he didn't wait for me he rang the bell and he went in the house and he was sitting at the kitchen table with my clients when I got there and which I'm well there's not really protocol but I went nah, okay we'll let that one go and um so he leaned back in his chair with this arrogant sort of thing. And he says to me, so when are you going to come and work with my company? You know, Sharon, you're probably almost good enough. Oh, nice. <laughs> and my, my two clients just went, they looked at me and they looked at each other. And I looked at him and I was like, you're, you're a dead man. <laughs> and I said, you out. Leave the offer here, wait outside, and I'll let you know if we want to hear anything from you at all. So out he goes. So we heard the door. He went downstairs and closed the door, and they burst into applause. And she went, yay! Guy <laughs> goes, my seller's the husband says, is that guy like some kind of a jerk? And like they were like, Sharon, that's terrible. Oh, what an awful thing to do and everything. So anyway, I said, never mind. I'm not through with him yet. So we countered the offer and it was a good offer. We just countered at 5,000. That was the right price. There was no arguing. And when I went outside, he was standing, it was dark. It was winter. And he was standing under a street lamp with a sheepish look on his face. And I went over and I gave him the offer and I said, Take this offer, get it accepted, and fax it back to me tonight. Fax, right? That was before internet. That was, you know, curly hot paper that came out of a silly machine. Yeah. And, um, and, and send it back to me tonight. And I said, and by the way, if you ever speak to me like that again, 
especially in front of my clients. I guarantee that you will have a new job. You will be singing with the Vienna Boys Choir, and I guarantee you it will be soprano. <laughs> That's nice. what I told him. And anyway, yes, sure enough, I got the calendar off the bat, got it accepted, and he called me. And he said, Sharon, I'm just so sorry. You know, it takes a big person to do that, to apologize like that. You know, Sharon, I'm sorry. I never should have said that. That was so inappropriate. And he said, I want to make it up to you. He said, come to my house. You know, it was a small community where we all were lived, you know, in back in those days. Yeah. Yeah. Come to my house and I'll make you breakfast and apologize properly. And I did. And I went over in the morning and, you know, he made some waffles and stuff. And we had a nice visit. He really apologized. And I said, well, you know, you learned a darn good lesson. (laughs) You know, because and quite often, you know, I have run into, you know, guys who, you know, they tried to sort of see if they can push me around a little bit because I look kind of cute and blonde and harmless, you know, but it's like, no, no, you, you don't know what you're dealing with here, buddy. <laughs> you're like, nice. I can take you apart. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it, when, you know, when you have that stance, you usually don't have to. Wow. You know, because you just carry it in your aura. And, and but, but you, uh, you know, wasn't born that way. I was born to be the most super people pleaser on earth. And so, you know, my other favorite story, which you might not want to use all of it, is, is where I had four brand new realtors in the car with me and we were out on tour. I don't I know. Enjoyed this story I, too. Do I, I was, as I'm reading your book, by the way, I'm talking to myself out loud, out loud saying, yes, yes, that's perfect. Yes. That's, that's perfect. Right. I know. And, and, uh, and so they're all in the car with me and it's a Monday morning and my car phone rings, you know, I had the first car phone where I used to, where I used to sell real estate back in the day. I got it in 1986. It cost me $1,700. It was the size and weight of a brick. And I had an antenna on the car. <laughs> and, you know, everybody thought I was nuts having a car phone. I made more money because of having that phone. So anyway, the phone rings and it's on speakerphone. So all these four brand new realtors in the car with me can hear this conversation. And this guy phones me up and he goes, Oh, hi, Sharon. Oh, well, hi there. I'll call him Bill. Hi, Bill. Gee, gee, Bill, I'm so glad we finally got your house sold last night because we did. We had a house of his that we got an accepted offer on, on the, the night before, on the Sunday night. Now, two years before that, I had had that same house listed. It was a difficult tenant with a cranky dog and the crankier tenant. And, um, and we, the place looked like a pigsty, and we, I had it listed for six months. I worked my little heart out, try to get that guy an offer. Anyway, it ended up expiring, and we decided to just leave it off for a while. And that, so two years later, he calls me and says, "The tenant is out. We can sell the house now." So I went over. I did it all over again, and within a couple of weeks, we got a full price offer, and it's sold. So he's on the phone with me. Well. I'm so glad we got such a good deal for you on your house last night. And he said, well, that's what I want to talk about. You know, Sharon, since, you know, it only took a couple of weeks to sell the house. um, You know, I was thinking maybe I wouldn't have to pay so much real estate fees. 
Yeah. Long silence. I just, said, just like yeah, there. yeah, here's exactly what I said to him. Bill, 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 I'm really disappointed in you. And he goes, well, why? And I said, I really thought you were a better person than that. <laughs> have, have you forgotten what happened two years ago? How I spent my time and money and my and my expertise trying to get that place sold for you and you wouldn't make a deal with the tenant so that you know we could show the place you wouldn't give them a month free rent or something and I said so now because I got the house sold fast which means that now even though you don't have rental income you don't have you you would have a mortgage payment every month insurance taxes hydro you'd be paying everything every month that it sat there. So because I saved you from having to pay those bills with no rental income, you want me to take a pay cut. Have I got that right? <laughs> Long silence. Well, he says, I thought I'd ask. <laughs> and I said to him, well, you asked. Yeah, asked and answered. Asked yeah. and answered. And these four brand new realtors in the car, like, I could just feel them sweating. Like, <laughs> hey, hey Sh little, Sharon, little... I, I have a 15 year old at home, and every time we watch a movie, I always ask him, okay, so what was the message in that movie? So I'm going to ask you about your book. What's the yeah. message in your book? The message in my book is get over yourself. <laughs> 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 basically you know just become a sponge be humble you know there's so much to learn there's so much growing to do there's so much there's so much uh, help available to, to do that to you know great great gurus and thought leaders and you know there's jack canfield and you know going back in history zig ziglar and and um earl nightingale who's was my dad's you know guru back in the day and um you know, there's just so much to get over when you, you know, first there's self-doubt, there's fear, there's there's all of those things that we have to face up to. But, you know, if you're not living on the edge, you know, you're taking up too much space. Um, you know, we need to be out of our comfort zone if we want an, anything better. Well, the book's called <laughs> For the Love of Real Estate, Tales from the Trenches, and the author is Sharon Mason. And before we, we leave here, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about the real estate market where you're working, because you're in one of the craziest markets in the entire country. So let's talk about the Vancouver area. How much is an average house price in Vancouver now? Well, I'm, I'm not right in Vancouver, but, you know, it, you know, it's somewhere around um, around two million to to something, you know, is, is around there where we are, um, where we are out in our district, you know, for actual houses, of course, there's different prices for houses and um, townhouses and condos, you know, mm -hmm. but what's happened in our um, market here lately is that um, the market has cooled right off. Oh, interesting. As the interest rates went up. Right. Yeah. Twice. And so there's a, the market always stalls when that happens. At least it stalls while people wrap their head around, we're, you know. But for somebody like me who lived through 22% interest mm -hmm. back in the early 80s, I'm like, what is everybody whining about? About half like, a percent a half rise. Half a percent. Yeah. Like, it, what, what, 3%? The stress test is what, 
5.25 or I don't know. But, you know, it's 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 pennies on the dollar. And but mm -hmm. what's happened here is we've got a lot more inventory. We've had so little inventory yep. that it's been this hot seller's market. I've been involved in presenting offers where there's been 32 offers on one house. Wow. That's insane. And and so at that weekend, there was one happy person and 31 people who were back out the next weekend trying to buy a house, all competing with each other again. You know, so it's just been really crazy, but that's that's over now. And um, and it's just everything just so slowed right down. Like it was like that's what happens here in my market. And it's so do like you think some, your prices are going to fall next? Do you think that the prices will start dropping? Uh, I don't think they're going to drop seriously. That's because I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'm listening to the experts. We still have it's still um, a, a seller's market. Yep. You know, market is still in favor of sellers at the moment, but it got a little more balance in it now. Yeah. Uh, we can't wait to try to get back to a balanced market. Yeah. A little bit uh, less stress on both parties and, both and parties. Uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And our, yeah. Cause our sometimes people, sometimes people think that multiple offers and getting 32 offers is the greatest, but it can be stressful on, on the sellers as well as making sure that they've chosen the right offer um, and, and that they didn't throw away 31 bad ones. Yeah. And, and not that I can experience that. Uh, we, we just set a record on our team just uh, a couple of weeks ago. We had 12 offers on a, on a property and that's the most we've ever had on one property. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, you know, it, it, yeah, it, it's, it's a very artificial kind of situation where people have to come in with no subjects. Yeah. Coming in with no subjects. I mean, that's, I hate it when my clients have to do that. Exactly. And, it's actually the truth is, well, people will say to us, oh, you must love this market. And the answer is no, realtors hate this market mm -hmm. because it's really hard to make money. It's hard to make a living in a market where there's no inventory. You had 32 offers. Only one of those realtors got paid and 31 of them were back out showing the very next day. Yeah. And, yes, and so and it can be very difficult. I know realtors who would put in 16 offers for one family. And yeah. still didn't have a house. Wow. I mean, that, you know, that's just killer work. It is. If somebody's thinking about uh, Surrey and Richmond, is that where you sell? Um, yeah, I do go to Richmond, but mostly yep. I'm anywhere in the lower mainland, wherever our clients need us. Uh, we do go to Vancouver. We've been selling places on the North Shore, North Van, West Van. And uh, we live in Cloverdale, which is right near like South Surrey, White Rock, Langley, mm -hmm. uh, Surrey area. But we do also go to Burnaby. Like we go wherever we're needed. And uh um, and there's a, new, there's a new addition to your team now too, is there not? Isn't it's become even a bigger family affair? Yes, my daughter, my daughter Justine Priestley, who has a fabulous YouTube channel, by the way. Okay. It's, she's got over fifty-five videos on there now about real estate, okay. and, and it's it's designed for people who'd like to move to Vancouver. Okay, perfect. So, yeah, so and, sorry, Sharon. I was just going to ask, how do people get a hold of you in the Surrey nine zero two one zero? <laughs> how do they reach you sure they can they can they they're very welcome to email me at uh sharon mason real estate at gmail.com sharon mason real estate at gmail.com okay. and they can go to my website which is sharon mason real estate.com and they can buy my book there if they want to get a, an ebook um they can get that on Amazon. Yep. Um, my my the, the paper book is a little bit less money on my 
on my website than it is on Amazon at five bucks or something. And, um, or I don't know what it is. And, um, and we're coming out with an audio book very soon. Oh, wonderful. Well, again, the book is called For the Love of Real Estate, Tales from the Trenches. Yes. And we were joined today by Sharon Mason. Thank you so much for taking the time to visit with us. Thank you so much for having me. It was great fun. And um, and it's always wonderful to meet a good realtor in, in Alberta. Well, thank you. <laughs> hey, Brent, before you go, how do people reach you? If somebody wants to buy or sell a house here in the Edmonton area, they can reach us directly at 780-464-0075 or find us on the wackintoshgroup.ca. Great. Hey, Sharon, thanks for your time. Brent, thanks for your time. And thanks for tuning in. I'm Brent Griffiths. He's Brent McIntosh, and we'll see you next time.